0: You're listening to Ultimate Podcast Marketing, the podcast about podcasting. On this show, we talk about how to turn your passion into a podcast that can earn money, fill up your sales funnel, and help you gain super duper confidence along the way. I'm your host, Emily Milling, podcaster, marketer, producer, and lover of all things podcasting. Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Ultimate Podcast Marketing of 2021. Oh my God. It's me, Emily Milling. I am your podcast host. I am your podcast coach. I'm your podcast strategist. I'm your content strategist. I'm all the things you need for your marketing strategy. Okay, well, almost all the things, specifically in the podcast realm, but I thought maybe I'll just throw that out there because I like all of those things. So today on Ultimate Podcast Marketing, I'm going to be sharing with you how I organize my podcast production business because a few months ago I was dabbling with the idea of helping other entrepreneurs and freelancers start their own podcast production companies using the processes and systems that I created over the last year. Of course, life got in the way and I created a free guide for anyone interested in doing this, but the program I was thinking about doing took a backseat as I realized that I just wanted a little bit of a break over the last month. So I'm going to take you through the guide step by step today to show you how you can start a podcast production company as well. You can download the guide over at theultimatecreative.com and I will put a link to that in the show notes as well, the actual direct link, because it's a super long link. And that was silly of me. But anyway, I'm going to put that link into the show notes so that you can download this guide and follow along with this episode. But even without the guide, this episode is going to be helpful to you. In fact, I would say this episode will be helpful for anyone with a service business that needs some ideas to organize and manage their finances and time effectively. My business is structured around my ADHD brain. It's very, like, it's exceptionally rigorous and process oriented, which makes it foolproof for me to be able to actually do things instead of sit coward in a corner, terrified that I have so many deadlines and no idea how I'm going to manage them. But at the same time, because of my ADHD brain, I need to throw in some wild cards for myself, maybe like this program I was planning to do to keep things interesting. Most people that have worked with me, either as part of my team or as a client, have also heard me say here at The Ultimate Creative that we work proactively, not reactively. And I think this was a direct result of working as the only marketer at a corporate job for so many years, just trying to get my head above water. And I think especially for those of us that left corporate, we're in this weird habit of doing things for the sake of doing things based on decisions somebody else is making for us. But here's what I have to say to that we're basically all of us, we're all in some sort of service-based business, right? Our clients are not bosses, at least not for me. They are collaborators, and we work together to accomplish their goals. So I am not an employee of my client. I am a service provider of my client, and they are not a boss of me. They are the person that I am helping to accomplish a particular goal. And I like this working relationship a hell of a lot more than the kind of boss- employee dynamic because it means that I get to also operate with my team in the exact same way. We're all on the same team, absolutely. We're all working towards a shared goal, but nobody's like in charge of the other person. But I think a lot of us get stuck in the trap of unfulfilling work because we feel like, oh, they're paying me. I should have to feel some sense of resentment because that's what money equals or doesn't work always suck or if they said they want this and got me their stuff late repeatedly sent me an email demanding a refund that means I'm lesser than and this is normal or maybe this is just my ADHD brain again trying to not be stuck in a never-ending loop of I'm not good enough because I don't understand why people do random things for the sake of doing them because other people are doing them either way. The systems I have built are super helpful for anyone creating content or anyone with a service business that wants to get off the roller coaster of time and money, abundance, and not so much abundance. To get off the roller coaster of having a lot of time and money to having zero time and zero money. I think we all can agree that's better for business and that's better for our brains. So again, head on over to the link in the show notes. I've got the guide that you can download there, and it's going to take you through everything I'm going to talk about here today. It is a five-part framework. First, we're going to talk about reverse engineering your success. We're going to do a short exercise to set your goals and intentions for a highly successful podcasting business. Then we're going to do tech stack and processes. So I'm going to review various apps and tech that you can use as a podcast editor. Then we're going to talk about packaging, pricing, and outsourcing. So you're going to determine your packages based on your goals and your capabilities. And you're going to see if you want to outsource certain things or if you want to keep certain things just for what you want to do. I'm also going to share a few tips about training clients to work with you for your own processes. Finally, I'm going to share a couple of ideas for add-on content to help you up-level your packages with things like social posts and blogs and all of that sort of fun stuff for a complete offering. Et voilà, let us aller part one. Ma français ne plus bon pas. Je suis désolée. So part one, reverse engineering your success. Before we get any further, I want you to picture yourself in six months. You have a steady stream of monthly income, you have control over your time, and you serve clients you love. So in three words, I want you to write down how you feel. That could be happy, whole, inspired. That could be free, giddy, lucky, feeling. Think about three words and write them down. Three words that will describe you once you have this business where you have control over your income, your time, and you're only working with people that you absolutely love and that love you back just as much. Those three words, let me tell you, I so want that for you too. So here's what we have to do. We have to make a plan to get there. And in the guide, there are two boxes where you can enter some goals. So I want you to come up with SMART goals for both your monthly revenue as well as your time freedom. So a SMART goal is specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-based. This was, I think, probably the best thing I learned in event management school. It makes goal setting so much easier. So I want you to come up with two different goals. The first one is going to be a revenue goal. How much money do you want to make in a year as your revenue? And when you're setting your revenue goal, you want to look at like how much money do you want to make personally? Then you're going to have to reverse engineer and figure out how much money in revenue in sales it's going to take in order to get to that number in addition to all of the things that you're going to need to pay other people to do. Think about this, spend a little time doing a little bit of calculating. There's more on that a little bit later in this guide as well. But you want to make sure, again, that your revenue goal can support your personal income as well as any apps or anything you need to be working on and working with and any other vendors you might work with as well throughout the year. The next one I want you to come up with is a time goal. So thinking about how much time you want to spend on podcast editing or client work every single week or every single month, for me, I really wanted to be able to spend more time working on my comedy stuff and my other film production stuff, as well as my podcast production company, The Ultimate Creative. So I came up with approximately 30 hours per week I want to be spending on The Ultimate Creative, and that includes also creating my own content for the business as well. Well, I also wanted to give myself some time off. So I have scheduled myself four weeks of vacation this year. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. They're scheduled and they're going to happen. And I'm so excited about that. So I want you to come up with a time goal as well. What is the amount of time you want to spend on your business that would make you feel like you're not totally overstretched and totally overworked? Now that we know what we're working towards, who will you be working with when you have a successful podcast agency? So On the next page of the guide, I want you to create a profile of your ideal podcast client and make sure to keep this really specific. When you niche down into a particular type of contact, make sure to keep this super specific because when you niche down into a particular type of client, you will attract more of them because your messaging will be clear. This is the type of person I serve and everyone will know to funnel them directly to you. You'll say, this is the type of person I serve, and everyone will know automatically to funnel them directly to you. I do have an episode coming out on February 2 about this. Are you reaching the right people? Something to that effect. That might be the title. It might not be. Anyway, it's going to be episode 46. And so if you want to go a little deeper into this, that is an episode to look out for and put it on a playlist. Just listen to all of them. So in your guide, I do want you to just list out all of the great qualities about your ideal client avatar. For me, it is somebody who is a collaborator, somebody who wants to learn more about podcasting and about content marketing generally, someone that I can help in that area. Because for me, it's like more fulfilling to provide the strategy assistance and different ideas and ways to grow and leverage the podcast to help their businesses. It's just more fulfilling for me like that versus you may be interested in just executing on podcast editing because you enjoy listening to podcasts and you want somebody who knows exactly what they want and are just sending you specific directions in order to accomplish these edits that they want to do. As long as you're clear about this, you know who it is that you want to work with and how you want to work with them, that's going to make it easier for you to find the right people. Now we'll move on to part two, tech stack and processes. First, I'm going to talk about some apps. There are a few apps that I absolutely love to use for podcasting, and you're going to need to select your favorite app stack to help you work quickly and efficiently. An app stack is like the collection of apps that you use or software that you use in order to produce podcast episodes. You'll likely need one or two apps specific to podcast production. You might just use a couple others for project management. I really like using Asana. I find that's a really great tool. You might like Trello. I don't know. It's totally up to you. This is your business. You do what you want. But here are the ones that I use. There will be an investment here. But you're looking at probably a maximum of $50 a month for a significant return on what they can provide. So here are my favorite editing apps for beginners. First of all, we've got Descript and I'm going to be sharing a couple of video tutorials on my website. If you are interested in learning more about how to use Descript, I'm going to be sharing those this month because I thought it was a good idea to go along with this content. Anyway, Descript is really cool. You can edit with an auto-generated transcript and all you have to do is do a little bit of tweaking here and there to the actual content and it, you could do it like a Word document, word processing document, like Microsoft Word or Google Docs. Anyway, it comes with just a couple of effects and it does have the capability for multi-track editing. Multi-track editing is when you have your track, let's say, and then your guest's track, and both of them are separate. They're not on the same track, so it gives you the capability of cutting out your voice, let's say, if you do a giant snort in the middle of them sharing an intimate detail about their life, and you laugh inappropriately, but thank god they didn't hear it, so you can cut it out, and they're going to be none the wiser that you laughed at them. I don't know why you're laughing at them in this scenario. It's a very malicious example for me to be sharing. But anyway, multi-track editing. You want to have that capability. You can also use on a Mac. You can use GarageBand. It has multi-track editing as well with your audio clips, and it has lots of different effects. You can do compression. You can do EQ. You can do reverb. You can do distortion. You can do, I don't know, pitch correction. Maybe you want to auto-tune your podcasts. That's probably not something you want to do, but if you wanted to, I think you could do that in GarageBand, possibly. You can also use an app called Audacity. That is a free app on a PC and a Mac. It does not work exceptionally well on a Mac, I will say. So you might want to just stick with GarageBand or Descript. Again, Audacity is a free app. It has the multi-track editing capability with audio clips, and it has lots of effects as well, although not as many as GarageBand because it is not as much for music production, like virtual music production. And GarageBand is tailored specifically towards that. And then... There are a couple of editing apps that you might want to check out as you get a little bit more experience. So Adobe Audition, it's about $20.99 US per month at the time of this recording, anyway. It offers multi-track editing with audio clips and many advanced effects. One of the effects that I love the most is the noise remover effect. Because I have so much construction outside of my building today. There's just a dude driving giant garbage tanks around, tanks of garbage. You know the bins, you know the big metal bins. Anyway, it's so loud, but there are effects in Adobe Audition that can get rid of that. Thank goodness. And then, of course, Descript again. It is. It's also for experienced editors, but you can use this if you are a beginner as well. It it does have more advanced capabilities as you get into it. Then there are some recording apps you can use for virtual recordings. I have been really into Squadcast. I will put a link in the show notes. It is an affiliate link. I may earn a small commission. But hey, if you like it, if you want to use it, that's super groovy. It doesn't cost any extra for you, just FYI. Thought I'd throw that in there. Squadcast, I love because you can record separate tracks and it records a backup to your computer for higher quality and it offers a video to see your guests. However, video recordings are not available as of December 2020, but they say it's coming soon. I love Squadcast, though, because it's just so much better better than the other apps that I found so far, even Zencaster. And that was what I was using primarily over the last year. But the thing about Zencaster is you can't see people and they do have a video beta, but it's pretty clunky and it screws up a lot of processing power on computers. So if you're recommending things to your clients, they're asking, what should I use? I would say go with Squadcast if at all possible, because Again, you have that capability to see people. It's very easy to set up. You can also see what microphone they're using. So if they're plugged into the wrong thing, you can't see that on Zoom. You have to guess. But you can see what they're plugged into with Squadcast and, and Zencaster, honestly, too. And what's most important to note is that with any app that you're using for virtual recordings, you have your headphones plugged in and you turn off the echo cancellation because that is only there if people don't have their headphones on. And when they don't have their headphones on, the apps will compensate for overlap. Of talking or anything. So if your guest is like shuffling around, making random sounds in the background and you have echo cancellation turned on, if the shuffling is louder than you speaking, it's going to make it difficult for the app to pick up your voice. It's only going to pick up like, that's what it sounds like when people shuffle. Somebody in my life needs to provide me with a baby. I'm just saying, Justin, my ovaries are exploding. Anyway, so moving on to part two of tech stack and processes. (laughs) Okay, processes. We're going to talk about the process for production. So here's what I have to say about processes. And y'all may fight me on this if you're not a process person, but like, I got to tell you, they are essential. The process for production is key to a streamlined, efficient workflow with your clients. Questions like how many episodes per month and what is the max duration of raw audio you'll edit will help you create your own process. Here is my process that I share with all of my clients. So I have them send me four episodes at a time for the upcoming month, and then I spend no more than one day, around five or six hours, editing and packaging all of the content. All of the episodes are then scheduled one week before the first of that batch goes live, So that means if there's anything totally random that neither of us hears on the first listen around, we have the opportunity to go back and edit if we need to. I also edit in either Descript or Audition, and I request separate files for interview recordings to fine-tune edits for overall quality, as I mentioned with the other apps just now. So... What you want to do next is map out your processes and remember to keep your time goal in mind so that your processes support your business and your life all together. If you want to edit two episodes at a time because that's how much time you have available in a week or in a month, That's totally cool. Just as long as you know what you're communicating with your clients so that there are no surprises and everybody knows what to expect and when to expect it. It makes it so much easier for everybody if you have this set out in advance. I also recommend making sure that you include this in your terms and conditions. So if episodes aren't submitted by a certain date, maybe you want to put a provision in there for uh, there will be a rescheduling fee, for example, or if you need to make adjustments, how much time in advance do you need to know, or do they need to know? Moving on, part three, we're going to talk about packaging, pricing, and outsourcing. So now that you've outlined your process, you can create packages for your service offering. So for example, your four episodes edited per month, up to one hour of raw footage. You can also add in one round of light edits, show notes written up to 300 words, upload to your podcast host, embed code provided for your blog. This is basically pulled from what I originally had way back at the start of my podcast production business party that happened this year. Cool way of explaining things, Emily. Anyway, to determine what you'll include in your packages, first break down how much time it will take you to do each of these elements, and then you can price your package based on your hourly rates and the total estimated time it's going to take. I recommend doing a flat rate package since some episodes will be shorter and some will be longer and some will require a lot less work. But by keeping the flat rate, you will maintain that reliable monthly income instead of the hourly roller coaster. This also like it will balance out. There are going to be some random episodes that are going to be like, wow, this is difficult to edit, but it will balance out with those shorter episodes as well. So a flat rate is definitely a way to reduce that questionable revenue, monthly income situation that I think a lot of us get sucked into when we charge by the hour. Don't forget, some podcasts will just be getting started, so you may also want to include a podcast launch package. What is that going to include? You want to make sure that they're up in all of the different directories. You want to set up their podcast host. Buzzsprout is a really great podcast host for getting everything set up into the directories very easily, like with a click of a button. There are a little bit of extra steps you need to take for Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. But other than that, it's usually just like a one-click thing that you can do for your client. So you can decide if you want to provide that service as well. So in the guide now, what you can do is draft your podcast packages and an estimate of how long each task is going to take you. Then once you have determined how long each piece will take, decide whether you want to actually do it. You personally, you want to do this. I just mean, if you want to do it, or you want someone else to do it. If you don't want to do the actual editing of podcasts, you can partner with an editor to do the actual editing. If you don't want to write the show notes, partner with a copywriter, like I did. Valeska writes much better copy than I do, and frankly, I don't enjoy it, and she loves it, and she's great at it. So it makes perfect sense for me to outsource that. Make sure you adjust your packages based on the rates that your vendors provide you with so that your offerings stay profitable. If you are offering something that you have to pay out of pocket for to pay your vendors, it's not a profitable offering. Duh. Over time, you're going to find that you don't have as much money in your pocket as you thought you were going to have. So doing the calculations up front is going to be really important to know this. So in the guide, I've given you a spot to create a little budget. What you're going to do is list your tasks for each episode. Then you're going to list who's going to be responsible for what, as well as the price to do the task. At the bottom, note the total profit is revenue minus expenses. And then also include your own hours in this calculation. Look at your normal hourly rate and make sure you're paying yourself at least that so that you can see how much profit you're going to be bringing in as a result of all of these pieces together. Profit can go to a lot of different things in your business. It can go towards business coaching. It can go towards courses. It can go towards buying yourself a new laptop, all of these different things. So think about how your profit is going to support your business and make sure that you're accounting for that as you price all of these things out. Moving on to part four, training your clients. So not only on the tech stuff, but also on setting expectations. Who's responsible for what? With your clearly set package prices, you can go into the world and start selling now. During your sales calls, make sure you're clearly outlining your responsibilities to the client and the client's responsibilities to you. So for example, you say to them, I will deliver your four episodes, providing you deliver your recordings by the date noted on your production schedule. I mean, maybe you're going to say this a little less robotically, but for (laughs) illustrative purposes, so we know who's responsible for what, that's how I wrote it. You can also say last minute changes will only be accommodated based on availability at an hourly rate if you want to do that. I like to say edits are available for up to one hour for each batch before episodes go live. But like if something totally out of left field happens and we need to act quickly, I generally have no problem going and doing very quick changes to episodes because things happen and all of a sudden, maybe a guest is like, no, I'm not launching that thing. And, and then you as the podcast host has to decide, well, what am I going to do about it? And then you have to ask your editor and then all of these different things. And oh my gosh, wouldn't it just be so much easier if your podcast producer was just like, yes, of course, I can help you with these things that would make your life a living hell otherwise and are pretty dang simple for me. I like to be able to provide this to my clients so that they know if anything ever happens, they are covered. Basically, they have me in their corner. They know that my team is there to support them. You can also let your clients know if you want to do like a minimum number of months for a commitment, like a three-month commitment to start, when cancellations can be made, if you need to reschedule your launch date, there's a fee perhaps. So what I've done in your guide is I put a little spot for you to draft your script for your sales call. I want you to include details about what's included and highlight the overall value. Remember, the more you customize for each client, the harder it will be for you to deliver as promised. So stick to your package, and let your client know what is expected of them for overall success. And that's really what it's all about. It's about creating opportunities for success for your client. Another really important part of training your clients is the onboarding process. And I have to give a really big shout out to one of my clients, Allison Villa who gave me the inspiration to start doing a more robust kickoff call so that I could show her exactly where she can upload all of her episodes every month and where she can find all of the different resources I provide and also to give us an opportunity to plan out in advance what her episodes will look like. So I started doing this with her and with all of my clients. And now as a result, I've got everybody kind of on the same schedule that I operate on as well, in terms of planning out my content in advance. And like I always say, it is a much more proactive way of putting together our content than reactive. Now that we all know what things we're offering throughout the year, what our business activities are, it's much easier to plan our content around that. During your onboarding process, you might want to walk your client through all the steps they're going to need to take to either launch with you or provide you with the assets that you need in order to make their podcast happen. So you're going to outline your due dates. You're going to confirm launch dates. If you wish, you can tell your clients that once they set a launch date, the date is locked and there will be a rescheduling fee depending on your availability, right? You need to To make sure that you're protecting your time as well. But also by setting these dates and making sure that there are parameters around things, it means that your clients know that you're there to support them with accountability. That is a really hard part of getting started with a podcast and one of the things that I think is most difficult for new podcasters. It's so scary to start recording yourself that I find basically everybody that I have ever worked with has taken extra time to record their first couple of episodes because they just don't feel good about recording them and they don't know what they're doing. Providing this accountability is really important. And it's like, okay, you have to move through all of the mental roadblocks and you have to get past this because we're going to make it happen. But it also provides that sense of security and accountability, especially if you let them know, look, As you do this, I am in your corner, and this is going to be tough, but you can email me whenever the heck you want to if you need a little boost, if you need a little cheering on, if you need some sort of an inspiration or idea, like where can you record if your kids are being too noisy, whatever it is, I'm here for you for that. So establish all of this in your onboarding call. Even in your sales calls, you can do that too. And what you're going to do now is list the steps that you're going to walk your client through in the onboarding process so that you know exactly what to share with them and you don't forget anything. I'd also encourage you to provide your clients with any resources that you've created to help them with the recording process. You can offer to walk them through a recording setup during a screen share in your kickoff session or you could send them to a video or a template that you've created for a particular app. Remember, if you want assets delivered to you the way that you prefer, creating your own videos and guides will be far more effective than sending them to a random YouTube video. So if you want them to export the GarageBand file that they have recorded, show them that in the tutorial so that you don't get a GarageBand project file. If you don't care about getting a GarageBand project file, cool, that's totally fine. As long as it is being delivered to you in a way that you can actually work with it, right? Because we're all working with different apps. Your clients are going to work with different apps than you will. So make sure you know how to get that stuff if they're sending it to you in different ways. So in the next box, I've left a space for you to list the resources that you're going to provide your clients with to make sure that you're both on the same page and have the same process together. And finally, we're going to jump into part five, which is add on content. Now with your amazing new packages and processes, you might also want to incorporate some of your other skills as service add ons to uplevel your value to the client. Keeping content marketing all in one place is especially valuable to clients because it means fewer emails back and forth and confidence that you'll be giving them a Complete holistic plan, not just like random one off graphics, that kind of thing. You know, we don't want to do random one off things, we want to offer people a complete plan because that means more revenue and more time back in your life. So, here are a few ideas for services that you can include with your podcast packages. You might want to do a weekly blog post that's repurposed from the show notes, you could do weekly social content repurposed from your podcast, you could pull things like an audiogram. You could do a carousel post for Instagram. You could do step-by-step blog posts or Pinterest posts from episode highlights. You could do transcriptions. You can offer that if you're working with Descript because if you're gonna get everything transcribed, then you can offer a transcription to people. You can offer graphics for each episode, an email campaign for each episode, freebie lead magnet creation for episodes with activities or steps. All of these different things. These are high-value add-ons that, I think, go a really long way in creating that complete content marketing package. So in the guide, I've added a little space for you to list the additional services that you'd like to provide to offer your client a complete experience that meets all of their needs and then some. Be sure to price these based on the actual time it will take you so that you don't overextend yourself. Remember, your time is important, and I'm telling you that as much for you as I am for me. I'm not lying here. <laughs> okay. I want to cover a couple of quick FAQs. If you thought about podcast production as part of your business, these are some of the questions that I have heard that I'm going to answer because they're frequently asked. Frequently asked questions, that's just what they are. So question, what if I don't know how to edit a podcast? You have two options. You can learn how to do it, or you can hire a podcast editor to partner with. If you're great at managing schedules and admin work, you could still earn a profit if this is organized properly. Question two. What if I don't have my own podcast? Okay, I would definitely recommend starting one, whether it's for your business or just to practice the steps to production and to getting a show launched, because the more that you're able to relate with your clients' struggles and roadblocks and everything the more confident you're going to feel and the more confident your client will feel. I do have a mini course called the podcast prep party, which walks you through all of the steps to get a podcast started. That might be a good place to kick things off. All right. Another question. How will I know how much time to spend on editing if I'm new? So for this, I typically recommend allocating at least two hours per one hour of raw material when you get started. Once you get into a flow and understand your tools better, you will get faster, but usually double the amount of time that there is raw audio recording. Of course, you may get some podcasters who need to repeat themselves a lot, like me. I have to repeat myself a lot because I lose my train of thought and then need to get back into my brain again. So account for that kind of thing too. Some people will just be much faster to edit and some won't. All right, another question. How much can I expect to spend on getting started? So I would say you could expect to spend money on cloud storage like Dropbox or Google Drive, those types of things around $10 to $30 a month, depending on your needs. Uh, You may also choose to use a paid app like Descript, which again costs about $20 a month. Otherwise, there's apps like Squadcast and podcast hosts like Buzzsprout that can be paid for by your clients separately. I like to recommend that my client owns their own podcast host and all of that sort of stuff because just in case anything happens, it's good that they have ownership over it. If you have to suddenly disappear, I really hope you don't just suddenly disappear, but let's say... Something happens and you can't do anything for their podcast for the next three months or whatever it is. They still have all the access that they need in order to continue to produce the show as needed. Other than that, you may want to invest in some nice headphones, but earbuds do a good job if you're just getting started. Most people are listening on their earbuds anyway. And then the last question, what is a general price for podcast production? I have seen anything from $50 an episode to $10,000 an episode, and it all depends on how much money you wanna be earning, your experience, and whether your target audience will pay those rates. It also depends on, are you going out and sourcing guests for people? Are you doing a lot of research? Is it a medical podcast where you have to do a lot of peer-reviewed studies, that kind of thing? Like, if there's that level of detail in it, It might be a $10,000 an episode show. If it's just editing a couple of things here and there, adding an intro and outro, maybe it's a $50 an episode show, right? All of this factors in. So there is no one fits all answer to this. The going rate, I would say, would be probably starting at $50 an episode and going up from there generally. So that's it. That is my guide to starting your own podcasting business. And if you want to, again, if you want to grab the guide on my website, the link is in the show notes. And I do want to ask you a favor. If you're going to download the guide, I want to know a little bit more how I could help you to grow your podcast production business. And I have a quick little Google form that asks a couple of questions about how I could best create a program that would help you to run a podcast production business or to add podcasting to your current service offering. So if you have a few minutes to do that, I would be so very appreciative of that. And I will keep you posted on new programs coming out throughout the year as they are developed. But I really want it to be based on your needs. And so I'm looking for a lot of responses to this form in order to make this as comprehensive and complete as possible and not speculative. I don't want to guess at what you need. I want you to tell me. Anyway, that's it for this episode. I hope you have had a wonderful time listening to it as much as I have had recording it, pausing and restarting for the stupid dump truck to go by. Anyway, it's been a blast and a half, and I love you. Goodbye! Thanks for listening to Ultimate Podcast Marketing. If you enjoyed the show and found some value in it, it would mean so much to me if you left a written review and star rating on Apple Podcasts. It'll help more people like you find this show. This podcast was produced by me, Emily Milling, and edited by Laura Clark. And if you're looking for a podcast production team, look no further, darlings. We've got you covered. Head on over to theultimatecreative.com slash podcasting. You can also find us over on Instagram at the underscore ultimate creative.